16th episode of the Promo Guy podcast. I am the Promo Guy, and as always, I'm joined by Nick from Blue Duck Media. Today is Thursday, August 10th. You'll be listening to this Friday at the earliest. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Sweet 16. This is a, this is a really fun episode we have here. Um, excited. We've got talking a little MGM. We've got, obviously... The barstool exit from the gambling space and the ESPN entry. I'm really excited to hear. We didn't really get to talk much yesterday, so I don't know what you think about all that. But what's going on with you? Yeah, not too much. Um, same old, excited for football. Still haven't seen Barbie or Oppenheimer. Uh, I guess it's just been busy, but it's only going to get worse when football starts. So I need to find some time. Have you watched Hard Knocks yet? I haven't watched any Hard Knocks. I've been bad about watching TV. I, I don't know if that qualifies as being bad but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i think i haven't done hard knocks yet either i think i'll probably do it this afternoon apparently i've been told it's just like pure jets propaganda i'm i've told you i'm on the jets under this season i'm excited to watch it i'm excited <laughs> to hate every second of what they're doing cool all right well let's uh let's get into the episode so uh, as always we'll do quick state of the stack how things have been going it was a good week uh, on Twitter, well, both, but on Twitter, mainly due to the WNBA boost that hit. Uh, Nick, I don't know if you saw this, but it was two of like the crazier hits that we've had. One of them, so FanDuel gave us a three-leg, $10 uh, parlay, for, parlay boost for WNBA. We hit that one. That one was the less crazy of the two hits. And we hit it on the third leg in the last minute. I think there were like 50 seconds left and, and Copper got a layup. That was the less crazy of the two. The crazier of the two was the DraftKings version, version which was a SGPX. So the FanDuel one was plus 826. The DraftKings one was plus 809. So it was an SGPX. And the play was Jordan Canada, 15 plus points. NECA... Agumake, uh, 20 plus points, and then under 167.5 in the Fever Dream game. So the under hit in the Fever Dream game. In the Sparks Mystics game, so we needed one player to get 15, one player to get 20 plus. NECA gets exactly 20. So we, we get the we win by the hook there. Jordan Canada, with 30 seconds left, had nine points. <laughs> she scores six points, getting fouled three separate times and hitting six free throws hitting all six of her free throws, to get exactly 15. So we went on a double hook there, uh, and we hit the plus 809. So that was kind of the highlight of the week. One of the crazier wins, and they happened, you know, at least within an hour of each other max, uh, of each other. And I, like I said, the Fanduel one also hit in the last minute. just wasn't quite as dramatic. But two awesome beats, two big hits. One was plus 809, one was plus 826. And actually, the DraftKings one died, so the replacement I posted in Discord also hit for plus 800-something, I think. So, really good to have WNBA. Uh, so, that definitely carried the week. The Up2 promo. Were you watching the WNBA game? No, I, I, was, I wasn't watching the, the games. Um, but I wish I was. I had totally ridden off, the, especially the Jordan-Canada one. I was following the... The FanDuel one because it was close. Yeah, watching her go to the line six separate times in the last two minutes must have been would have been and hitting all no in the last thirty seconds. Nick, was this a was this a close game or this was complete garbage time? 
Uh, they were uh, no, they were up by like eight. I want to say, you know, it was still within fouling distance. So I assume that she's, uh, you know, I assume that they would foul her. She hit two free throws. They went down, either scored or didn't. They fouled her again. Then they came back, scored or didn't, and fouled her again. It's yeah, pretty rare awesome. to get fouled three times in the last thirty seconds, even when the other team's fouling. Just you know, and then to actually hit all six. Not to mention, Neka got exactly twenty. So it was it was pretty crazy. Um, but that was fun. And the up two promo, we hit both of them, the the ones that were widely available. I think the the Dodgers hit twice, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe we went two for three. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, overall a good week. My picket says that the Twitter plays were up ninety dollars, so we'll take that in the in a quiet week. Uh, Discord. MGM stays on ridiculous fire. We keep hitting these the 15% boost or the the insurance tokens. We hit a free bet from uh, well, you could have used it on the, the no run first inning free bet, but you know, whatever free bets you have, some people use them on the insurance. Uh, so that that's been kind of the highlight. There have been a few other uh, nice wins of note in there, but we did cool off a bit on Dinger Tuesday. We did pretty well with free bets there to end the week. But the limited group fails to hit a home run for the first time in 10 weeks. And for the second time in 10 weeks, has a down day on the home runs themselves. So we went 0 for 3, uh, minus $75. Uh, So that brings us. And then the limited group had similar results, but gained a bunch of free bets. That's not really a a bad week. Uh, So the limited group is up $1,059. The unlimited, $1,919. And then we have the free bets in each of them to pad those numbers before next week starts. Uh, so cool. That's state of the stack. Uh, Nick, what should we talk about next? Do we have the gambling landscape update? Is that where you want to do the ESPN Barstool thing? Yeah. Let, let's talk some ESPN Barstool. Um, I guess my first question for you here, do you want to summarize the story for those? I mean, I don't know how. Sure. Yeah. Yeah listening what is yeah and, and i kind of wish i looked into it more but whatever i'm, I'm busy uh but espn so pen gaming which is the casino that that uh was behind barstool and the barstool sportsbook basically gave barstool sportsbook back to dave portnoy so that they could reach a new agreement with espn where they spent a lot more money uh to do so so now Barstool Sportsbook is going to become ESPN Bet. And why is this a big deal? Well, there's a bunch of ways you could take this. One, it's the worldwide leader in sports getting involved officially in sports betting. Uh, the other, well, there's a bunch. I mean, you could say, well, will they enter New York now? Because Barstool wasn't in New York. Uh, and New York's the, the largest state we have right now in terms of uh, sports betting handle. So that would be a big deal on its own. You could say, are they going, does this mean they're making a much bigger investment? Does this mean that they have better relationships with regulators because it's ESPN and not Barstool? And does that mean that they will truly try and compete with DraftKings and FanDuel and will there be a a third big sports book? Or is this just a name change from Barstool to ESPN? You know, Barstool and Penn were kind of at odds. That wasn't really a a secret and ESPN wanted to get involved. So Penn overpaid for for their name and nothing's really going to change. Look at Foxbeck. That was the shittiest sports book we've ever seen. So uh, I think there's a lot of more questions than answers, but I do think it's a big deal in terms of what ifs. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's 
overall, it's pretty crazy. I mean, if you want to just look at it quickly from the barstool point of view, it's pretty nuts that they gave them a, I think it was three years ago. Now they paid $450 million to take over a majority of barstool and then just gave it away for free. But I mean, I guess the internet's kind of overreacting saying Dave Portnoy like really won this deal because he got his company back for free, but he only really truly owns 50% of it if he ever wants to sell it. So he still gets his payday from selling originally, but he doesn't truly own the value of the company is what the next buyer of it would pay for it. And he would only get to keep 50% of that. So I assume that means that bars. Yeah, and he's not allowed to do any sports book stuff, right? Which yeah, so the single biggest the you know, people that are spending the most money in the sports space right now, the single biggest advertise, advertiser sec group that he could go to, he's not allowed to go to. So it seems like they'll be promoting a bunch of different drinks and foods and clothing lines. Right. Uh, and it doesn't really feel, it feels like a lot of their ad money is now limited, but. Barstool gets to kind of go back to being Barstool and not have to answer to anyone. Um, And it's interesting, like most of what they talk about is sports gambling. So if they're not allowed to have a a title sponsor for any of their sports gambling shows, like do they still bother doing the weekly football show with Stu Finer, Big Cat and Dave? Is are are they going to be as focused in sports betting when they can't? make money off of sports betting companies sponsoring that content. Uh, that's something that we'll probably see what they do. Uh, my guess would be yes, because they just want to stay relevant in the space. Um, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that, that's definitely an interesting uh, angle. I haven't really thought about it too much from the Barstool perspective, mostly because it doesn't affect us as much, but it's definitely like an interesting topic. I guess for me, the big thing is it didn't really seem like Penn was all that down to a lot, you know, have a ton of boosts and promos. You know, they really, they really cut that off after early on. It didn't work. Barstool was amazing at the beginning. I mean, it's almost the main reason I started the account. Like Barstool was awesome, and Portnoy basically blamed Penn for they cut off promos. They started limiting people pretty, you know, dramatically. Although they did blame Canby for that as well. Their their odds provider. So who knows exactly, you know, what happened with all of, all of this. But Penn, you know, spent a lot of money to make this change. Obviously, they have plans for high market share. You don't do this if you want to stay. You know, Barstool wasn't doing that poorly. Uh, you don't do this if you want to stay sort of, I don't want to say irrelevant, but let's say the sixth biggest sports book in market share. I don't, I don't know what their exact number is, but you know what I mean. They're kind of middle of the pack. Uh, you do this if you want to compete with DraftKings and FanDuel. And if they're willing to spend the promo money and other money that it takes to do so, then this is awesome for us. I mean, this is this is exactly what we need. Fanatics coming in, Bet365 continues to grow, and then ESPN comes in and says, you know, we want to enter this market because everybody's been talking, oh, the market's saturated, oh, it's over. But you have big players just jumping in now trying to gain market share. This could be tremendous for us just in terms of, you know, they're going to have promos. It's also another, well, I assume that they'll keep the, the score as sort of the, uh, I, I, again, I'm not educated enough on the subject, but I assume they'll, they'll keep the same underlying odds. But just another place to place wagers, uh, new competition, new promos could, could be really great. And 
I don't think that DraftKings and FanDuel are have this insurmountable lead. I mean, yeah, from a market share perspective, it looks like that. But, you know, what were they 10 years ago? What were they five years ago? They, they weren't ESPN. <laughs> so if you have a good app and you spend money on promotions, that's that's directly correlated to, to market share. So I'm excited to see what they do. Apparently, it should be fully integrated and called ESPN Bet by Thanksgiving. So that's pretty soon. Uh, I looked at the states. It looked like it was just the states that Barstool is currently in. And then they're hoping to get into New York and Connecticut. I don't know the exact laws. I know it's going to be a little tricky getting to New York and it's called possible. I think that they don't do this if they don't think they can get into New York and Connecticut. And, and that might not feel like it doesn't matter to whatever 80% of you. But I do think it matters if you put yourself in the state that has the highest uh, betting handle just in terms of national credibility and national, you know, being able to compete. You kind of want people in New York talking about it. So uh, it'll be interesting. I'm excited about it. Fully agreed. I think that they this I think a large reason for the change was they were never going to get into New York with Portnoy on board and too many people didn't like him. And he was seen by Wall Street and a bunch of regulators as too big of a risk. So I think that they kind of offload some of that risk. I also I, I think this is probably really good news for us. Honestly, I think this shows that content as a number one strategy to try and gain market share is just not the play. And across the board, they continue to spend on content. And to an extent, content is helpful. I mean, as a podcast that has brand sponsors and continues to work with players, of course, we think and want the market to continue to think that that sponsoring sports betting content is worth it for brand recognition. But in order to gain market share, I think this just shows that the number one most important thing is continuing to to offer fun, exciting promotions that continue to have people coming back. And as people continue to come back for the promotions, they'll also play other they'll also bet on other things that they find on your platform while you're there. So I think this is honestly a really big win for us. Barstool, there's no doubt that they are one of the best content companies in the world. They have they get a lot of eyeballs. And still, that wasn't really able to to translate to a really strong market share for Penn. And I think they came to the realization that content cannot be a number one strategy. And hopefully they learn their lesson. And when they go over to ESPN, come November, when they're rolling out ESPN Bet, I'm hoping to see a lot of fun promotions. And it, it should lead to a decent amount of market yeah, well, share. Would you agree? No, I think that's a yeah, I think that's actually that's a really good point that Barstool was really trying to leverage their, you know, big cat, you know, their personalities to get people to bet, to get people on the app. They did a lot of like hoodie promotion type things and really tried to lean into the Barstool part of it. I know that they were like one of the only books that didn't do the sports book referral stuff. Um, like they weren't paying like the Dimers or Action or Pixar, like whatever these guys of the world to to you know for the referral like affiliate link stuff uh because they were just like we are going to get our people on this app and for the most part they are 
like, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to say it. it's nice to be like, like affluent 22 year old kids working, uh, you know, again, like affluent, like they probably, their parents have money, but, and they're also working like as like lawyers and whatever. And they just have like some money to blow and love to bet and love big cat and Dave. And they just want to tail these stupid bets. And I think for the most part, Barstool did have success of being profitable in that area. I think it did hurt them not being in New York, but it'll be interesting if, like you said, if this sort of says, you know, maybe we want to be more than just appealing to those people. We want to appeal to like actual gamblers who are, who are willing to put money down and we're not going to limit them. We're going to try and have a broader reach and we'll have more promotions in order to reach a broader audience and not just lean into the very, you know, tight demographic that we have, even if they are relatively profitable for us. It just didn't seem big enough scale enough for Penn is, is my reaction to it. it. sounds like yours as well. So, uh, yes, I agree. This is great. Before we move on, I have one more thought on it. I do think it's interesting that Penn now is involved in a, with a company. And I think this is probably the first type of, other than Fox Bet, which I don't think they did a good job with at all and didn't seem to really have a strategy to integrate into their live, their live sports programming. Do you see this going the direction of being built into live sports content. And what I mean by that, I'm sure right away we'll start seeing a lot of like all this, anytime there's a game that they're talking about on TV, we'll see the line odds provided by pen gaming. Like we'll see a lot of pen For sure. logos. Yeah. let say from ESPN bet. Yeah. The, yeah, provided by you're right. It won't be pen gaming. It'll be provided by ESPN Bet. Will we ever get to a point where when I go to watch ESPN to turn on the Knicks Heat game, will it ever get to a point where on my TV it, there's a button that says like here's one line, here's the other line, I can click it. And obviously, since I'm an ESPN Plus member, they already have my credit card on file. So it could be as easy as I click it. And it's built in. Or a, a better example would be I spent 60 bucks on the Justin Gaethje fight two weeks ago. Uh, will, will it ever get to the point where, as a gambler, if I click on the button and it says, hey, do you want to buy this fight for $60? Or do you want to choose who you think is going to win the fight? If you get it right, you get it for free. And if you get it wrong, the fight's $120. Are we going to get to a point where... I log, of course, as a gambler, when I see that, I'd be like, wait, I choose who I want and this might be free or you might just seamlessly charge my card <laughs> double and I like don't even have to think about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly how it'll look, but there will definitely be marketing and integration around. I mean, even something as simple as like a promotion, I guess my mind always goes to promotion, bet X amount this week and you get an ESPN plus membership or a Disney plus membership. Yeah. like. You know, this sort of, if if you are in, in, you know, sign up for whatever thing that we're doing on ESPN and get a $20 free bet, you know, stuff like that, where they they can almost be okay having a sports book that doesn't make money if it is getting people to ESPN. I mean, FanDuel already has, and, and DraftKings, is DraftKings a lot? FanDuel has, like, I can watch a tennis match on FanDuel. And it's super cool, right? I can watch a lot of live sports. 
I think they have deals with like MLB and stuff where you can watch a lot of live sports on FanDuel and the odds are right below it. I'd be shocked if ESPN doesn't integrate that into their own where you're watching ESPN on the app. And even if you are not a winning better for them, if you are getting extra eyeballs on ESPN, that is a win. A game that you would not have watched with commercials and everything, that is a win. Yeah. Right? So I wonder if they could work something. Like they, they will do something along those lines. And again, it's only good for us if they are kind of okay with using this as a way to get to, to boost ESPN or Disney or whatever and not so worried about sportsbook profits because we, we plan on cutting into those. Yeah. I, I mean, ESPN has been really good at doing integrated sporting events. Like they had the Marvel basketball game a few years ago and it'll just be interesting. They also have the secondary stream on Monday night football with Peyton and Eli. I, it'll be pretty interesting to see if they have a secondary stream where if I want, I can watch the gambling specific one where you have a different set of broadcasters that are talking about the game more from a gambling point of view. Um, yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how they decide to roll this out. And I, for one, am pretty excited to see it happen. Awesome. All right. Let's get to grinds my gears on a more negative subject subject. Yeah. This has been way too positive. Uh, what's got you, what's got you worked up this week? You know, what really grinds my gears? Uh, what really grinds my gears this week is there was a teacher who bet thousands of dollars on like a 66 to one tight parlay made a few parlays of similar odds and ended up winning $214,000 on the Vietnam Netherlands match on uh, MGM. And once he went to withdraw, I don't know if it was day of next day, but whatever, it was definitely after the match. And I don't think it was like immediately after he went to withdraw his winnings and the bets got canceled voided as he was doing so. So they said, yeah, it's clearly a mispriced line. Here's, here's a, I think they gave him a hundred dollar free bet as sort of compensation. Sorry. And I believe I've seen, so, so somebody sent me what allegedly the tickets were. And I can tell you that they were absolutely mispriced, egregiously so. M- probably one of the biggest, most egregious mishaps I've ever seen. It was it was uh, Netherlands to have more corners in the match, which was going to be a massive favorite. And then I think one of them was Netherlands to score first. One of them was Netherlands to have a clean sheet. Also stuff that was favored. These, these kind of bets were minus money, if not heavily minus money you know, heavily favored. And this guy got a 66 to one payout on them. So absolutely agree. It's an egregious line. And what grinds my gears about it though, and this goes back to the points bet thing is you can't void after the, the game, the match, whatever, because it gives you this adverse selection of they're only going to choose the mispriced lines that hit to void. So when you're making a bet as a gambler, you think you find an advantage and or bet you like you bet it and look if they void it 10 minutes later yeah it's annoying but it's kind of a no harm no foul but if they if it loses and they don't void it which by the way i've never heard of anyone betting a mispriced line (laughs) after the match it loses and then mgm goes back sees it and says oh this was mispriced we wouldn't have counted if it won, so we're going to avoid it. So basically what I'm saying is this guy bet, let's say, $9,000. And 
let's just round it and say $10,000. Uh, I know the math's not really working, but let's just say $10,000 as a teacher and the bet loses. If the bet loses, he loses $10,000. If the bet wins, it voids. So he's in an absolutely horrible situation. It's unfair to the gambler, obviously. Like the sports books, hey, say it's unfair to us. You bet on our mispriced line. Well, okay, but there needs to be protections for a gambler that when they bet, they're not entering a situation where it either voids or loses. So I think, you know, the gaming commission, whoever set a bad precedent with the points bet situation where they allowed this, they agreed with the decision saying it's in the rules that because it's mispriced, you know, because it was mispriced, you can go back and void it. Somebody else should be looking at their bets or, you know, there has to be some sort of situation where they can't just pick and choose bets they want to avoid because they never would have noticed this had it not hit for a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? So <laughs> that's what grinds my gears. Like it's it's becoming really unfair to gamblers. Prize picks has started more and more avoiding bets that were made. They do it pregame at least, but they're DMPing or avoiding bets that were placed. And I think this whole thing has sort of snowballed. And while there's no legal action, you know, because whatever the gaming commission said, it was all good in the points bet case. But people are, this is horrible press for MGM. And if they are truly committed to protecting themselves from mispriced lines and voiding, there needs to be something in place where they are forced to examine these bets before the, the match. Or I would say they absolutely need to be voiding losers because I've never heard of a case where, where they voided a mispriced line that then missed. And we saw in the points bet case that somebody put the mispriced line in a parlay that lost and their bet lost. So this, this looks really bad for MGM and, and it's happening a little bit more and more. And I think it's, it's just a bad look. Yeah. For the I mean, space as a whole. I guess who's supposed to like, I, I've never heard of the gaming commission like coming in and like declaring that one that a line should be honored like do they have the authority to do that and like is there anyone actually overseeing this well they're supposed to be and uh, we, we've heard of situations where they you know have forced like wording changes from like no sweat and stuff like that uh we we've heard of cases where um uh, i think there was the the saints game i mean not the saints game the LSU bowl game where Drew Brees became a coach of Purdue and like all these bets were voided, you know, ahead of that. And, and the gaming commission like made them made, had certain states, you know, certain states gaming commissions said, no, you have to honor them. Like whatever, like there was stuff like, like they, they've, they, certain states gaming commissions have stepped in here and there. And we've heard of stories like that, but in this case they did, it did come out and they said, yeah, points bet had the right to do it. So, uh, you know, it, someone's got to regulate sports books, just like everything else, especially in a financial, like I always go back to how, how many regulations are put in place in the financial industry. Well, this is dealing with people's monies too, right? And so I think it's important that there are regulations put in place here. And there are some, but this one feels like almost more than, than most that it's it's predatory in nature um, just because of the you know the no win situation that I, I outlined yeah
Yeah, I mean, it just feels unfair and it feels like obviously these books are never going to be to if if it goes the other way, they're never going to say something was mispriced and give someone their money back. So it, it just feels like it's a one sided market and it definitely needs a little bit more oversight. Um, and I, hopefully we post enough clips like this and continue to complain enough and our gears get grinded enough that eventually some change starts to happen. But let's go to break right now. We'll be back in a few with the Wheel of Sports. Let's do it. Okay, Wheel of Sports. Uh, I think for time reasons, we're just going to do one today. Uh, what are our options, Nick? Yeah, today we've got uh, Hard Knocks premiered this week. Are the Jets a better contender or reality show? Team USA, the women's team, lost this week. Is our dominance in women's soccer over? Who is your Dark Horse NFL MVP pick? And 2K ratings dropped this week. Did 2K get it right? And obviously, we also have what TPG's real name is, which I think might hit this week. Let's give it a spin. Okay. Looks like we're talking 2K ratings. This should be a fun one. Ratings dropped yesterday. We've got, I'll read these out. We've got, I think it's the top 10. Might be, they they may have dropped 11 or 12. We've got Jokic coming in, standalone, best player in the game. He's got a 98 overall. Then you've got the group of 96s, which includes Steph, Giannis, Embiid, KD, and LeBron is still getting a 96. Uh, take one step down, you get Luka, Tatum, and surprise, Jimmy Buckets. And then one more step down, you got Devin Booker, Kawhi, and Dame Lillard. Who's the biggest surprise on that list? Who's too low? Who's too high? And then we'll talk a little bit about who we think is going to be the next, how many more 90s we think we'll get. Yeah, I actually really like it overall. I think that they kind of big picture got it right. If it were up to me, I'd probably swap LeBron and Luka. Is kind of like I feel like Luca deserves to be in that 96 tier. I think you could argue that like Giannis should be maybe like a 97, but for the most part, I think that they they kind of got it right. I think Jimmy is kind of the interesting one there. Like, is is he too high? But that being said, like I don't think Tatum should be above him, right? Jimmy's in the last few years kind of outplayed him in the the conference finals, has beaten him more often than not. Uh, you know, Tatum really struggled in last year's championship game. I, I mean, I, I just don't think Tatum deserves to be one above him. And I think it's hard to drop Tatum, which kind of puts Jimmy in an interesting spot. Uh, Booker and Kawhi. Booker, you could argue higher for sure. Probably belongs in that 95 tier just because of how awesome he was in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Booker's low to me. The Kawhi number, like how do they even do this? Because for one game, he's at least in the 96th tier. Uh, but what's his injury rating? Like a 30, <laughs> right? I mean, if, I, if for one season, I wouldn't take Kawhi even close to any of these guys. So, you know, uh, people not on this list, Shea's the one that comes to mind. Uh, I think that it's kind of reasonable to have him, De'Aaron Fox, as 93s. I don't know what you do with Jar or Zion, but I don't think any of them have a case to be above Booker, Jimmy, Tatum, Luka, KD, LeBron, Embiid, Giannis, Steph, Jokic, or Dame. 
So I'm, I think these rankings are done like relatively really well. I mean, any, any discussions we're having are moving a guy one or two points. Yeah. I mean, I think you can nitpick at it, but overall this seems like it, they got this pretty right. I think the more interesting conversation is probably who we think the next five up are. So you mentioned Shay. Who else do you think is coming up next? I've got a few that I think might be surprising, but I think should be included in the next couple of tiers. Well, if you put Kawhi as a 94 and you set the standard of basically we're not going to bump you down very much for injuries, because it is a video game. So like, you, if I'm playing with Kawhi, I'm going to be pissed if he can't hit a shot just because he's hurt all the time. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird thing there. But I think in theory, you should be playing with these guys at health. Um, so if you're doing it that way, then I think Zion and Shea are next. I mean, Shea stays healthy, but Zion would be a big question mark here because he's always hurt. But when he plays, he's awesome. Yeah, I'm right with you there. You know, the, the difference of New Orleans record when he plays and doesn't is staggering. So I think he comes to mind as next. I think Shea is obvious as coming up. Uh, I'd have to look more at the NBA. I mean, They've shown a lot of respect to some of the older, more established guys. So I would have to assume, I would say probably coming in at like a 93 is probably Shea by himself. And then 92, I would probably say there's a tier of Paul George, Ja, Zion. I think Ja, just because of all of his bad press this past season, is kind of slept on. Like he's young, getting better. And I think that the Grizzlies are probably a pretty scary team this year, especially. I don't know if you've seen any of the Team USA footage. I have. Uh, all those guys voted JJJ as the best player on the team so far. And I think he's ready to take a step forward, especially on the defensive end. He he might be, like, even better this year defensively. And I, I think he's he might be the best perimeter defending big, probably him and Bam, um, to go along with right. the fact that he – erases everything at the rim. So I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the low 90s. And I think my last one. Wait, do you think do you think Jaron Jackson's possibly one of the next five? Or are you talking about Joe? I, I'm talking about Jaron Jackson. I don't think he's one of the next five, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the next ten. Oh, no I, would, I would not be surprised if they gave him a 90-91. This is the reigning defensive player of the year. Like, if anything, they're going to give him an 88, and I think that that throughout the season will be updated. And keep continue to get higher. I, I'm I'm pretty high on him coming into the season. All right. Well, here are guys that are definitely ahead of him. I, I just pulled up the postseason, whatever. So, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray. Uh, we already mentioned Shea Zion, Darren Fox, Ja, Trey Young. Ugh, I hate Trey Young. So that's seven. Uh, I think that Brunson's ahead of him. I'm not gonna eight. Anthony Edwards is ahead of him. Nine. I think Bam's Come ahead on. of him, 10. He might be next after that. You also have to keep in mind how these 2K ratings work. When Ja can, I mean, Ja, Jaron Jackson could just do more. So the fact that Bam has a... Do more than who? Do more than, more than Bam, offensively. Like the fact that... Well, they gave, they, they gave Jimmy a 95. So I, I think they're going to show some respect to, to Bam. I just think the I, way that 2K I mean, ratings work, the yeah. fact that Bam has a C- minus from three and Jaron Jackson will have a B plus from three will factor in and just end up giving him a higher overall. Yeah. But they're both twos with similar level ones. 
And one of them has a lot more playoff success. They, they play similar roles for their teams. Yeah, it's just the difference in their ones is one of them's like throwing up guns on Instagram every other week. And the other one is like the biggest dog in the NBA. Maybe. Uh, but I, I think that Bam will be ahead of Jaron Jackson. But they might be the same. So, yeah, I mean, there are more guys you can name. But I think that Jaron Jackson probably comes next to me. What about Julius Randle? <laughs> Julius Randle's like an 84. I don't know. You told me I, that he's, he's all NBA. Well, he is all NBA because he can show up all regular season long. What about James Harden? I mean, I wouldn't put James Harden there, but I think he could end up being there. I would guess that both Randall and Harden and Bam all have a lower rating than Jaron Jackson this upcoming season. I think De'Aaron might sneak into the 90s. I agree with that one. I, I love De'Aaron Fox coming into this season. I wouldn't be surprised if Sabonis makes it into the 90s oh. as well. <laughs> and these guys won a playoff round. Have they ever? I guess the Grizzlies won one because then they then they lost to to the Warriors. But I mean, come on. All right, we'll see. I don't think this is Sabonis looked terrible. Uh, I, I don't think this is Bam, the, uh... Bam, Bam was averaging like like twenty and ten in the finals. Yes, but these aren't playoff ratings. To, I guess they gave Jimmy a lot of respect. They gave Jimmy like you got you got to keep the precedent there. Um, although Luke is unbelievable in the playoffs and he didn't get into the 96 range. Like LeBron was, I mean, he was great like the first half of the year, but I don't know. I, I think, also I think 90s sound high. Like I think all these guys should be like 88s. Yeah, I, I, I agree. They try to get, not give out too many 90s in any given year. But uh, I don't pay too much attention to it, but yeah, I, I think that, well, I, I'm curious what they do with Zion. Because if you make Kawhi a 94... I think that Zion has to be at least a 92. Yeah, I, but, I'm with you. Know, oh, I, oh, we forgot to mention Paul George. as all, No, I, I mentioned Paul George. I think he's... No, I mean, but I didn't mention him in my 10. So if you want to take Bam out and put PG in, then yeah. that's fine. Okay, well, we'll definitely clip this out because I want to put this out on social and see what people think. Let us know who we forgot. Brandon Ingram might be in front of him. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I wrote Brandon Ingram. There's no ways in the... I, I'm taking the over on over 10. We can push if he's if he's the tenth guy or in the tier of ten, but I'm taking the over for sure. Yeah, I unfortunately, think you might be right, but we'll we'll see. Unless you think he goes in front, ahead of like Brunson, I uh, I'm not gonna bet against my guy Brunson. I also think <laughs> I also think Brunson's there gonna have go. an awesome run with Team USA here. I mean, but so should Jaron Jackson. We'll see if those that type of stuff ends up affecting these numbers coming into next season. Well, I, I assume they're already set, but yeah, maybe they get updated. I don't pay too much attention to two carrings, but uh, I used to play. So, and I do think it's a kind of a fun exercise, even if people say it's stupid. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about the Team USA highlights, everybody was hyping up Reeves and Brunson and whatever. Tyrese Halliburton had 12 assists. That's pretty good. And, and not a lot of minutes. I really like his game. I love his game. He, he's I mean, he's who just a, who doesn't? Everybody likes his game, you know. Yeah, he, he just he moves the ball really well. He's yeah, he's exactly what you need on a team of a bunch of all stars. Yeah, and I think he's going to be the next guy that he's going to lead the league in assists for. I, I would guess five of the next eight years. Like he just, oh my God. there's no one else in the league that really consistently is going to be getting double digit assists that I see, especially as Harden ages out of doing so. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, maybe Jokic, but yeah, Trey Young. <laughs> I, I maybe Trey Young. We'll see how his game develops, but yeah, I don't really see any other like pure point guards in the league right now. Luca out of pure usage, but now Kyrie, now Kyrie there, so never mind. 
Um, Funny that Kyrie is someone that neither of us mentioned. Um, Glad to know neither of us think of him that highly. Oh, that's true. You know, uh, oh, it's because I was, I I pulled up uh, ESPN. I just want to look at the highest scores and it went to postseason. And um, that's why Paul George and Kyrie weren't there. But Kyrie's definitely above Jaron Jackson. I guess we'll find out. Um, so, so add him to the list. Yeah, if there's anyone else we forgot, let us know in the comments. Uh, excited to see, excited to get roasted for how many people we forgot to mention. J- uh, Jalen Brown might be ahead of Jaron Jackson. <laughs> yeah, but you have to factor in that they get, they'll probably give him like a 12 for left-hand dribbling. Uh, yeah, those videos of like the, one, the one-armed like basketball player that's really good. Yeah, yeah. See, like, like Jalen Brown next year. It's really funny. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it for our show today. Stay tuned to Promo Guy on all platforms, and uh, we will be back next week. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, this was fun. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye. See you, buddy.